0: In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1
1: welcome to the comic exposure podcast my name is josh buckley and my podcast hmm. mm, neo-punk journalist is the one the only travis Rads here good god that was a vaporizer it wasn't like, you, like a blunt or anything you and your dumb vape well i feel like that would be very neo-journalist right I believe, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. right? <laughs> Welcome to the Comic Soldier Podcast, folks, where Travis Ratz and I get together, and we talk comic books, and you're on an episode, a, uh, a Comic Book Club episode, where we, Travis and I, dive deep within a book, and we chat about it, like Oprah in her book club, but with comic books and less self exploration, and uh, on today's well, episode. Charlie, well, but there's still some self exploration. No, yeah, there's some, not intended though, never yeah, yeah, intended yeah. self exploration. So on today's podcast, we are reading Trans Metropolitan, uh, Volume One, Back on the Street, a Vertigo book from back in the day, like I want to say ninety. Seven. I want to say 97. ninety-seven. It's very ninety-seven. Uh, Warren Ellis uh, wrote this bad boy. Derek Robertson. Went ahead and uh, art, arted this thing. It's got a couple co- uh, a couple co- covers by uh, uh, Jeff Darrow, uh, which are my favorite part of the whole thing. Are those lovely Jeff Darrow covers because he's he draws so many little tiny things, just so many little tiny things, yeah, Travis. There's A lot in there. There is, and so uh, we're diving in this book today, Travis. Here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. We usually we usually do before we dive into the book. Yeah. We do a little repartee, yeah, a, a little, a little, a little back and forth like a tennis match. Hmm. So here, here's what I want to know. Travis. Oh my goodness,
0: I'm, I'm here, a, a titter. I'm, I'm a titter, my friend. Yes.
1: Every once in a while, we talk about movies, and, and I know that you're in a faraway land called Japan, but can we talk about how Disney needs to stop making live-action versions of their cartoons? Can we just? Can, did you see the picture of Will Smith as the genie? uh i did it does not look good uh no is there a trailer to it out yet no
0: i don't know i don't think so i think it was just something from entertainment weekly like here's a picture of will smith as a genie yeah it came out like oh, that was about like a month ago or so right uh i just it saw it one? on the
1: twitters oh, okay uh not too long ago like a uh, picture a movie still of him all right and it's just look at that up i don't i don't know. why do we need these what's your issue with disney josh one, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Disney movie fan. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lay it out there, right? But you had successful, brand new versions of these things, right? They were cartoons, they were good, and now I have to see them. Now I have to see them as live action.
0: Yeah, that's not a good, that's not a good photo by any means. No, reason. no, it's not. It's scary. It doesn't look good. This is not, it's not a good look for Will Smith.
1: No, but it's, it's unnecessary, right? Like, you know, like, have you seen the trailer for the new live-action Lion King? Yes.
0: Which is, ju- it's just CGI'd animals. Yeah. Which it's, is just a cartoon. You already made it. Right, and the Jungle Book was the same way. Oh, the Jungle Book was nice. it was very forgettable. Very forgettable. Yeah. Now, this new one, that Mowgli one I watched, was pretty the solid. The one on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Netflix yeah. One? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't it was, watched it. It was pretty solid. It was pretty solid. Right. It, was di- it was a different story. It was a different story that had Because it's post- Mowgli.
1: It's post as it post everything, right? Isn't it? No, like... it's
0: not. Um, it's not post everything. It's it's like okay. his journey, like where he finds out about the man village, and he uh, oh, okay, you know, goes to the man village. Uh I don't. I've never read. I don't think I've ever read the original story, Jungle Book. I don't know if it's closer to that, but it's it's definitely violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's here's the other question I got for you. Here's the other question I got
1: for you. Ready for this, Travis? Yeah. Can you hand? Can you handle what I'm about to throw at you? I can
0: handle it.
1: Um. Dang it. You talked about Mowgli and I don't. Oh, Netflix, Netflix. Have you watched? Uh, okay. Everything um, is dumped. Umbrella dumped Academy. Like, I watched the first episode yeah. of the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. I've never read it, Yeah, uh, but I think I would like it because I like Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Ballot. Like mm-hmm. his art's pretty wacky, but it's the dude from uh, My Chemical Romance who wrote it. And then I'm like, I just, it just like my sensibilities. And I know that's wrong. Yeah, I know yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, of Yeah. Because yeah. I've heard it's good. Uh, but I think that's why I never gave it a chance. I was like, the My Chemical Romance dude?
0: Boo! Yeah, I, I watched the first episode as well. It does have, there's a sense, there's, a, there's kind of a Watchmen vibe to it as far as kind of like the tone in which they're approaching superheroes from. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's shot, there's a lot of money
1: put into that first episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's a um, that's a monkey. That's a that's a chimpanzee, CGI
0: chimpanzee, in the and whole like, thing. Very expressive too. Not like one of those like lame like yeah, not uh, a CGI cheap one. things. Yeah, yeah. It's, not a, it,
1: not as Jar Jar Binks as you would think it would be.
0: That's an expensive monkey.
1: That is that that's is an expensive monkey. Did you watch? Uh, did you did you watch um, the Punisher season two? I did. We're we're like five episodes in. We're just in the episode where they fought in the uh, in in the gym. Where he takes on all the Russian dudes yeah, in the yeah, weightlifting
0: yeah. gym, like those looks very painful. Jesus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: dude's face. Blah. You know what Chaves makes that? that what in? makes
0: that scene is the sound effects of those like heavy weights just hitting skulls. It's yeah. just like oh, it just it's, cause you, you go to the How gym. do you do that
1: folio work? How do you do that folio
0: <laughs> work, Travis? <laughs> what do you? You go to a curves gym and then you just like set the the your folio recorder up and you yeah. just wait for these women to drop weights on their skulls. <laughs> That's how you do it? Yeah But how do you, but seriously, how do you make that sound?
1: Do you get like a, do you get like a, a full pig? Do you get a pig? A and cadaver? It? Maybe. Like, like, not a cadaver, like, a, I would say like, do you get a pig? With, like, a roasting
0: pig? And just, BOOM! Smack that thing? So you have an issue with the cadaver smacking, but like, the pigs? I Yeah, I guess, I don't Listen, know. Josh, I would I think a pig's I, probably easier to get to. If I die, there would be no greater honor for my dead body to go through than to be the folio smashing work for a Punisher, Punisher series. That would be my dream come true. Well, it's on record now, Travis. Yep. So this
1: will hold up in court. This is basically That's, a will. This is, this is, this will basically hold up in court.
0: Apparently I we, we want to cremate him. I'm like, he's like, and you're like, wait, mm, mm, no, listen to yeah. this, listen to this, listen
1: to this. This is Travis right here wishing that his body could be used for folio work.
0: Right. What exactly. if they use
1: it for like a, a more disturbing folio work, like like, like a
0: necrophilia? If, <laughs> yeah, like what
1: if that's what they do? Yeah. I don't know. As I'm as just saying. Long, as
0: long as it's like a, as long as it's like a Kill Bill Volume Three, like okay, they're, they're screwing a corpse, and then it happens to be my corpse. All right, all right. I don't want like a live action Disney necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's all that's all I wanted to start with, man. I
1: just I. We went to go see the Lego movie today, and then I just saw that dumb poster for Dumbo, and I'm just, I'm done, man. I saw Dumbo. It was good. Why do you got to do it? You're doing the same thing again, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's, just the, it's just the whole idea of pulling at nostalgia and, yeah. and things like that. Uh, the idea, oh, we we, we got to see Dumbo. Like, eh. I don't know. Is it going to be any more impactful than a fact that looks more like a real elephant? In fact, I think it's going to hurt it more because when it's cartoon, you can project a lot of stuff onto that. You have right. to project a lot of stuff onto it to 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 fill the gap between reality and fiction. So as well, an audience, like- you're working at it more. And because they're cartoon anthropomorphized, uh, there's a greater separation. So you're able to project like... Uh, How that would apply to your life, you know. Well, you're also
1: able to go like, of course, a cartoon elephant can hold a leaf in its or a feather in its nose and think it can fly, right? But once it's real, then it just becomes sillier. It's kind of like the reason why that Spider Man was that Spider Man movie was so good is because it was a cartoon, right? Right? Like, yeah, of course, all that you can do all that stuff in a cartoon, and you accept it easier because it's automatically not supposed to be real.
0: And I'll tell you, you know this, I mean? I've been to Thailand, I've been to some of those elephant farms, uh, they do not like it when you put feathers in their trunks. <laughs> they <laughs> frown on it very much. Good to much.
1: know, good to know, good to know. Alright, so Travis, let's let's dive in, here's what I want to know. Uh, we're doing Transmetropolitan Volume 1, a book I have never read, a book that I was out of comic books, well, it was probably right after I'd jumped out of comic books 97 Mm. or at least i wasn't reading this i'm trying to think of what 97 was i probably was like finishing up my love of spawn right before you know i was in high school i think i'd given up on comic books at that point
0: so my question for you is had you ever you'd never read read this before right trans metropolitan has been like that classic novel that you like like a moby dick Right. You know, like something yeah. where you're like, Rye. Oh. yeah, um, the idea of it's, you know, it's always around. You're yeah. aware of it. It holds a place in comic book history. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't go to a Barnes and Noble or trade section of a bookstore and not see a bunch of trans metropolitan book spines looking back at you. And it's been that way since like 1997. Yeah. And so when I was going in and buying preacher trades and why the last man trades right next to it, you know, that vertigo, st- vertigo stuff, yeah. you'd always see a bunch of transmetropolitan. And I know the character of Spider Jerusalem, who we're going to talk about. It's a very, that image is, I'm like, oh, that's the guy from transmetropolitan. I I knew the idea of what the tone was. Uh but it's just something I never picked up and I always meant to. I guess it was kind of intimidating because I always thought like it was this really long arc. It's like before you step into like a why the last man type of thing. Yeah. And so finally, I knew I was going to Europe. I went to Europe for Christmas and I was going to be an 11 hour plane flight. And so I had my iPad. And so I wanted something that I could just consume and then consume the next volume and consume the next volume and consume the next volume. And so I wanted to get into a story, and I knew that this was kind of already time-tested. I know you're yeah. going to talk about your opinion on it, but I knew that it was something in my milieu that I would right. that there was a good chance that I would enjoy. So well, that's a, they, why I sat down and started reading it. People like it, right?
1: So yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's it's not like you're diving into some. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna read this 10- Umbrella Academy. I'm, I'm not going to read this ten-volume 10- thing of something that no one's ever talked about. So let me let me ask you, um, how many volumes did you get through? Because you said you were you on were uh, three. I
0: went to uh, okay. Uh, three we made volumes. the three.
1: In okay. Germany, uh, we say three like this. That's it's not a bad. Visual I joke. I yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, all right. We know that this is kind of a this 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 time in Vertigo. when Vertigo was doing. Vertigo was the place you went, right? Like Sandman, Preaching. Yeah
0: trans metropolitan uh i'm missing a big one in in there um i always want to say uh bprd and hellboy no, uh, no that's, that's not yeah yeah but like there was a there was a laundry list of like stuff that vertigo was
1: doing this is where you went uh this is where creators went i mean you had image at this time but you know it was a it was a different thing like image had image at this point had kind of switched gears a little bit, right? So this is a place where you could do these sort of like indie stories and and, and maybe get away with a lot more than you could uh, over at DC, right? But it was still prestigious because it was a DC imprint.
0: Yeah, well, what Virgo did was really interesting. This is why you get very similar tones is they went over to 2000, they went over to Europe and pulled all these 2000 AD guys who were writing very political, sci-fi, weird, off-center uh culty stuff in the 80s and yeah. 90s uh, from 2000 AD in England and they just basically just shipped them over to their town over to the United States under one label and called it Vertigo you know yeah so
1: so we dive into this and so can you give uh give the audience your your quick and dirty uh, summary of volume one, if you can. I know you read three volumes, yeah, but yeah, what yeah. is volume one really set uh, so up? for? I was for kinda it.
0: talk set up uh Transmetropolitan and what it is. Transmetropolitan is like this Neo I don't even put the word neo in front of it. I guess you'd put neo in front of it. Neo punk uh setting. It's very
1: cyberpunkish, but it's not, not yeah, quite. Cyberpunk cyberpunk-ish. Is,
0: is, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. cyberpunk is probably as close of a description as you're gonna get to it. So it takes place in the cyberpunk world that um Warren Ellis creates, and it follows your main protagonist, Spider Jerusalem. And Spider Jerusalem is this uh, kind of, uh, the best way to describe it is like this Hunter S. Thompson, if Hunter S. Thompson was a cyberpunk. Uh, right. And he is this journalist who has this kind of old-school journalistic integrity, but with this new-school kind of uh, Tarantino attitude uh, yeah. on the world. And the Transmetropolitan Volume 1 opens... He has been in isolation in the mountains. He has taken himself out of society for reasons that you start to get a sense of uh, as the volume goes on. Um, and so it's him, literally Muhammad, coming down from the mountain back into society uh, to write uh, uh, to write for a newspaper, a news organization again because he owes people money. He owes pe- his publisher two two or three books. I can't remember which one. I think it was two books it's two yeah and so he has to go back down to society you know to uh write and make money to make these books and as spider jerusalem comes down from the mountain and enters this neopunk uh, or the cyberpunk future we as an audience get to see all the things happening in that society and the first volume especially each issue is kind of like a different news story right so each issue kind of follows him pursuing a different news lead uh, and then that's all kind of held together with the larger th- through storyline of him absorbing back into this society that is very uh, apocalyptic and, you know, it's got all those things that a 90s Vertigo comic has right. in it. And swearing and uh, uh, shitting. Yeah, and- <laughs> like you see the most recent version, the, the closest version to this I would see in a lot of ways is Tokyo Ghost. Uh, is there's a there? You know, it is a predecessor to something like a Tokyo Ghost. If if you're more familiar with newer stuff as a, a audience member,
1: yeah, I, I you know, I so here here's uh, so let's talk a little bit about Spider Jerusalem. Let let's let's talk about
0: yeah, our, our. I want to <laughs> let me ask you a question. Let me yeah. you, you give me your take on Spider coming in. Um, so I I think like my we've had we're
1: we're going to have a very similar discussion to the discussion we had about preacher, which was our second episode ever. Yeah, And I think my sensibilities are probably not vertigo sensibilities, right? Like what I, what I would get into. And I guess like, I, and I, I can see why it's good. Right. I, I get why it's, I get why it has this lasting effect. Right. Uh, I know that a lot of stuff that I like is because of books like this and because of books like Preacher, right? Yeah. But there's this envelope pushing, right, yeah. where it, it pushes all the way so that every other comic book after it doesn't have to go as far. Right. Right?
0: What's the, what's I, that's, that, that's, a, that's a fair assessment, I think. What's
1: the window? What's the Overton window? You know what I'm talking If You've heard of that theory before, the Overton window theory? Is that like the Uncanny Valley? No, Overton Window theory is this idea where, uh, and this has been all over politics right now because, like, what the idea is that you frame everything is as, as crazy as you can or as far out as yeah. you can, and then everything not up to that seems le- seems tame or reasonable. Right. Right. That makes sense. So you you create this story that's the most you create or you take this idea that's the you go as far as you can. And then everything less than that, which would have been crazy before, which would have been viewed as bad before, is like, oh, yeah, no, that's not like that. So this is OK. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of these when I when I read Preacher, when I've read this and, you know, reading some stuff around this time period, it's like that's what those guys are doing is they're mm-hmm. essentially running as far as they can. <laughs> And what we get today is every other book that you can go like, oh, that never would have flown before Preacher and Transmetropolitan, Metropolitan, Right. Like, yeah, you create this whole new framing for what's acceptable in in comic books and in mainstream books. Right. Because this is happening in other indie genres for a long time. But in a mainstream book, you know, you weren't getting stuff like this. I mean, Spawn does it a little bit, but not. To this extent,
0: right? yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, the the parts uh, I'll talk a little bit about. You know, uh, I'll turn my tip my hand uh, on what I thought of the book, uh, but I think a lot of it comes. You know, when we look at Vertigo in this time period, you're right. A lot of people take from this stuff like that, but the fact that like these uh, writers like Garth Ennis and Warren Ellis uh, and Alan Moore, they all come from this very Thatcherism, yeah, era, it's not political, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, but like for a specific. Region of the world in a specific time period with a specific political leader, uh, and it's right. coming out of it. And when we look at our current time period and our current, you know, politics, I mean, there's there's a lot of parallels to be drawn like, from here. Like I mean, you can look at a lot of
1: punk rock in the '80s, right? This sort of anti Reaganism. Yeah, it's you know, it's that same sort of Thatcherism at the same time. But I don't think it. And you go back, like, just RoboCop, right? This yeah. is this is the comic book form of RoboCop, almost. Right. You know right. I mean? I mean, you know, you look at that sort of like, or starship troopers, right? Like, right, all yeah, of, yeah. 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 And, and so like, I can appreciate it for that. Yeah. I can appreciate it for what it does, but I know as soon as I, as soon as I read the first book, I'm like, Oh, this is, I know why Travis picked this. Yeah, I know yeah. why, I know why this, I know why Travis read this and then went, Oh, we should do this for the show. So <laughs>
0: here, here's my big, my on that. Here's my big thing. This book, if I read it in 1997, like when I was reading a preacher and and also like that, uh, would have had a tremendous effect on me. If, I probably, I probably would have stayed with journalism uh, if I, I. My, I think my life i think you know between like punk- you found this in 97 no, <laughs> honestly, between punk rock and preacher and some of these things that i was into i was real on the verge of be- of becoming a different person and gotta this the man right this, these 60 issues of trans might have tipped that scale to where i couldn't afford podcast gear at this point in my life but i would be a badass <laughs> <laughs> No, I get
1: it. Like i I get the uh, i get the appeal of it, and I think, but it's always been. There's just something about, um, the envelope being pushed for the sake of pushing it. Where I'm like, for me personally, I go like, Well, did you have to do that? Did you? It does there have to be a scene where he's taking his shit and then the cat pisses on the phone while he's on the phone, right? Like, there's like. I get it. I know why you're doing it because you can. And you want to show everybody that you can do it and there's a two-faced cat pissing on a cell phone? Um, Or is that him peeing on the cell phone? I'm never quite sure. But uh, I'm not sure which page you're talking about. I don't know. He's on the phone with uh, his uh, editor, editor. And he's trying to poop. And then I think he lets the cat pee on it. Or maybe he's peeing on it next to the cat. I don't know. But it's like page forty-nine. Wait, tell me,
0: you tell me, John Grisham's never had a cat pissing on a cell phone before in one of his novels? <laughs> I don't think you no know, one. And I guess, like, mm-hmm. I'm not
1: saying that I get it. It is the most. It's this era of of filmmaking and writing, right? It's this very late '90s thing to do. I mean, it's very like you said it earlier, Tarantino, right? It's this very. You take pulp to like the the
0: 12th level and this yeah. is and this is what you get and and you take pulp squeeze it. out all the juice make sure there's no juice left and you just yeah. have a nice a nice big glass of pulp you get to, yeah. to eat with a spoon eat it with a spoon and i love pulpy orange juice man i
1: do <laughs> but you uh, want some juice in that bad boy i gotta have saying. some juice in it um there has to be some limitations but you know what? i putting that aside yeah i get like the story I like the idea of this guy fighting the man, right? It's super punk rock. It it, it calls into my heart, like calling people out, calling out the hypocrisy of it in this world. That's like part idiocracy in part, like, I, like every eighties and nineties, like the future is going to be shitty movie you've seen, right? All those things mixed together, um, and I, I like the story. I like the idea of him coming down the mountain and, and, like, uh, tearing the Band-Aid off all of the crap that's happening, right? And showcasing the evils of, you know, corporatism and religion and all this stuff. Like, I dig it. But there's just some pieces that are way too far for me. Yeah. As a character, what do you think? Wh- what's your... What are the things that you like about a character like Spider Jerusalem?
0: Yeah, so uh, again, uh, reading this, reading this now is like when I try to go listen back to punk rock now. Like I have my old favorites which I still love and nostalgic, but when I hear yeah. a new punk rock band, which is that something that I would have loved younger, I listen to it now and I'm like, this is a good punk rock band. It's not really for me now. <laughs> I mean, I listen to it, but and so when I like a character like Spider Jerusalem. It's the same reason, you know, that I mean, he fits into the genre of 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 masculinity and identity that I've always liked. You know, where it's Bukowski, it's Hunter S. Thompson, it's Jack Kerouac, it's Jesse Custer. It's this, it's the gunslinger mentality of the modern world it's the but like you absolutely do not look like a gunslinger right like you you're yeah. a gunslinger without any of
1: the john wayne
0: yeah yeah you have words you have words you have a typewriter yeah. you know You has he has this console uh and so but at, at its heart i think a lot of these subgenres are really just all just subgenres of the western um you know and even writers that are labeled beat writers are really just western writers just is removing every all the iconography of a western and replacing with other things and so i've always been attracted to those those kind of characters maybe as a 34 year old who has no wife or kids and it's just <laughs> just, just 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 sitting in my own musk you know what i'm saying you know just yeah no just it up i just, get no i totally
1: get it and so as a character and i think you're right it is very this this Comparison to Hunter S. Thompson, right? This, this sort of like wild man out on the pills, like just doing his thing on the journey to make it happen. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I, like I said, I get why this is, I get why this is, uh, in the place that it's at, right? I get why this is sort of a revered 90s book. Um, the it starts off with this whole thing about uh the people who are turning themselves into aliens yeah all right let's let's talk about the world
0: that this yeah, builds that, absolutely talk, yeah yeah let's I talk think, about the world we, i think we talked i think we talked about like how we review like like i think we both understand why this book is like iconic and what our issues are going into it so let's just talk about oh, yeah. the story let's talk about this world um what was what was one of your favorite parts of this world whether it be the social aspect the economic aspect the political aspect of it like if you had to pick like a a niche of this world i think the two things
1: that stood out to me the most as i was reading this uh one was the episode where he watches tv or the episode the issue where he watches television that one was very much like i it paints like a real bleak picture of what media could be like and then you go oh it's 2019 media is very close to being like this terrible. Like bin- right. And also like, the idea of just binging yeah. television. Like how, how on the nose is some of this that's written in 97, right? Like the stuff is on the wall. And I think the other one, this sort of, and how that
0: leads into, uh, yeah, these the are next- great. The, uh, like when you see how binging and stuff just physically, like yeah. so sub- yeah. you know, like it affects him.
1: Yeah. And then the religion, the, the, I think it's, is it the last issue? The religion one, uh, those two kind of those two concepts really stuck out to me the most, and it might very much have to be with like the time we are living in right now, uh, where both of those things have been turned to the most, uh, for me, the most ridiculous versions of what they could be. Right mm. when when you have people, um, and without getting too political, when you have people who will defend the current president's actions through a religious lens, right? Right. That to me seems like as ridiculous as you, like, like we're like that to me seems ridiculous. And then you look at this and you go like, oh yeah, no, no. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, we could yeah. turn it up a little more. Right. <laughs> the same thing it with the TV, the TV one and you go like, oh, that's very close to what we've got right now. That's right. Okay. You know, like in, and I think it's surprising how much this pokes at a future that when you read it now, you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty close. You know, like how do you get your media, right? Everybody tunes in to this live news feed and they just start playing his story that everybody just gets to see it, kind of like Twitter. Yeah. Right. Like he's in the, and that's, and I think that's really interesting too, is this,
0: this idea of, he's, a, so, he's a social influencer. You know, right. like he is a modern, he is a, a social influencer in 1997. And he's someone, a lot of the story is him dealing with the byproducts of that. Like how right. is that, a, like he isn't, he doesn't like it's he says he doesn't want it, but he keeps doing it, and there's a love-hate relationship with the attention that he gets from right. it. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that whole the whole thing of the first
1: issue where he's in the middle of the riot, right, and he's live streaming his story. It is so what happens with Twitter. You can think back to remember all the uh, uh um Occupy Wall Street. Occupy Wall Street and also the remember the um shit what state was it in where that uh the all the the
0: standoff after after they shot that guy oh um something um, something-ville. um it... yeah. yeah damn it why can't oh, i think yeah, we're it? bad people. there's just
1: been too many no there's just been too many. Shootings. charlottesville no charlottesville no, was no, the nazis yeah uh just like but but that's what i'm saying like there's so many of those things right now and and that's the first time when i remember using twitter to watch it all unfold right Mm -hmm. when the cops were there and there was this big standoff and and people were just live streaming all of it Mm -hmm. right and and in 97 you see this and you go like oh wow that's different right that woo that's that is strange right like but it happens today and so there's all these things that are very on the nose for 2019 uh that are you know you're like oh whoa yeah, good,
0: is... good job, Warren Ellis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think he does. Like, there's, I don't, there's a, there's a, there's a tendency for us to like, especially when the political climate the way it is, is to look back at per, uh, past works and be like, oh my god, this is so pro- uh, prophetic. Oh, they must have seen the future. But it's because it's so on the surface for us that's very it's the first thing that we go to pull strings. So anytime anytime you read something with like a politician in it, you're like, is this gonna, you know, there's a sense of like, you're looking to make that connection, but you don't have to look very hard in this to see parallels in it. But you don't have have to look very hard to see parallels in our current politics and past politics, like Thatcherism, like Reaganism.
1: Reaganism and Thatcherism, and then the birth of, you know, 24 hour cable news being around this time, right? So it all, like it all makes sense, right? The birth of like, you could have every channel you could ever want in the late '90s on on on, on satellite and on cable. So, like, it's just taking it to it, it, it's turning everything to eleven, right? It's just that I think today we're closer to eleven yeah. than maybe we were, and so like maybe it just feels a little more prescient than uh, than maybe it would have in '90 in '97. But I'm sure it was on the nose for people who read it in '97, right? right? If you if you were clued into that stuff, and you weren't, you know, fifteen when you were reading it, you know. Uh, but what did you think of the supporting cast of characters? And I think really, there's only one real supporting character in the whole thing.
0: The uh, right? his, his assistant,
1: his assistant, yeah, yeah, and maybe what the editor
0: you... and the editor and the assistant.
1: Yeah, the uh, editor and the assistant. What did you think of? So you read this, and it's not until I don't know. It's not until two issues in that you get the assistant or three issues in it might be three yeah because she
0: was the uh uh one of the strippers at the uh during one of his uh, episodes yeah during the the riot yeah yeah Yeah. and she kind of like was impressed by his his aura his you know like his like how he kind of approached the situation and she wants to be like wants to be like she wants to be a journalist she's she's,
1: you know she's in school for it
0: so what uh, is your I like that character because it Spider Jerusalem is not. I don't think written to be a good character. In fact, he's quite a hypocrite as well. Like yeah. he 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 goes out and he actively you know, um, what's the word you know is very critical of how society is living. But then he uses all those. He uses the same technology. He 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 numbs himself with all kinds of drugs. So he's just as much of the machinery of this horrible society yeah. that he hates as he is on the outside observing it. So what I like Aren't about- Aren't we all though, yeah, Travis? Hey, Aren't gosh, we all though? I know, I certainly am. <laughs> um, and and I, I think the assistant is a way to look at, it's, it's a way to think about the She's idea of, of hero worship. Yeah, like, should you be like- There are things to respect about what he's doing, but at the same time, is he a good person? Look at how he treats you. Like, is this the, you know, there's, yeah, she is us. You said it well, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, and it's weird that it takes three issues to get to, because most things, most media that you consume, you have to have, you have to find your cipher in it, right? There has to be someone who's the audience right and it happens in a lot of media where oh that character is supposed to be us right they don't know how to deal with all of this they this is new to them um so they get to react like you and i would react in the yeah. scenario and so she kind of gets to be that be that person and it's weird that it and maybe it's not weird because this is a 10 volume you know comic book so mm-hmm. what's what's three issues out of you know uh, 60, and maybe
0: you know? uh, uh, Ellis was like wrote the first three, and he's like, I need to humanize this guy a little bit more because right. with the lessons he does teach her, you do get like this—he does care like about right. her in, in 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 a role model type of way, uh, that mentorship way. And so right. it does kind of so- makes him a little bit more likable with all the unlikable things he's doing. I wonder if that was like a choice Ellis made to like let me let me give the observer and also someone who's going to soften him up. Right. And it's it's and I don't know how much farther it gets,
1: but it's interesting to see that it's not a uh, it's not a
0: romantic interest. And I don't know if that changes. But she's gone um, in the second volume. She he gets a new assistant and it's very much, you know, the similar. I don't know if it's like a Murphy, okay. I don't know if it's a Murphy Brown thing where every trade he's going to get a new assistant. But,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like it's that but it's like I, that was surprising to me. Right. Because yeah. that's out of that's.
0: Not what usually happens in, in books. Well, in this, you talked about the idea of pushing things to the next level. You would think that the way this is written is like you just have like every like four pages, uh, like them screwing in like some absurd way. You <laughs> right, know? right. And I think he does. There are certain things that he he goes to 11 on and then other things, thankfully, he pulls back on. That would have been that's like just gratuitous, like, oh, there's this hot chick that I drew who's working for him. And then like every four pages they're screwing in a phone booth or they're screwing on his desk or they're screwing in like an anti-gravity chamber or whatever it is. Right, using
1: something weird. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things, I mean, look, you definitely, he's like naked in a giant amount of this book, right? Like him, but it's like, it's a, it's the comic relief of him being naked. And so none of it seems even in the strip club, and I guess like that's probably part of like ninety seven vertigo you couldn't may that's probably the one area he couldn't go you know uh like the stripper uh
0: she's got bark she's got barcodes on her boobs like she doesn't have nipples she has barcodes that seems just practical like if you don't bring your uh you know cash to the strip club, you can just scan the barcode i guess yeah, I guess and um.
1: Bitcoin, Bitcoin, <laughs> whatever it is. Oh, you know, no, tick it's, Yeah, uh, but I think I think that's the that to me is it was surprising and, and it might be because of the nature of what it's on. Yeah. Like that would have been maybe too far for Vertigo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you I mean right. okay? Like uh, maybe like uh, maybe maybe Ellis had that on, stuff like that in there, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa I, don't, whoa.
1: I don't know that, but I feel like like shit shit and fart, fart jokes right. and like uh in in drugs and swearing is one thing but this is america and we're so puritanical like violence is okay but don't you dare show a nipple sort of thing right like it 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 it's very much
0: it's very much yeah. that story. i love how like subconscious like that subconsciously but like underneath this whole review it's like i can see why you like this rats and then you like you do digs like oh it's just a bunch of shit piss and fart jokes so i'm like <laughs> Uh, fair enough. I guess I, I guess I am a fan of shit, piss, and fart, fart jokes. But, no, uh, that's I, not it. But I'm saying, I know, like, I know. I'm just, I'm those are the those. things
1: that – That's the envelope pushing in here is often a very grungy, gross envelope pushing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It reminds me of, like, what's Chuck – how do you sell Chuck? Yeah, Chuck Palahniuk. Like, that. that's what it reminds me yes, of. Like, I've, very much. I've, I've read those books, right? Like, I, I've read a handful of his novels, and it's very much that sort of, like – I'm going to be as I'm going to be as crass as I can be, but it's going to be my humor, but it's going to be as like as,
0: you to, know to, what I mean? To, def- to deflect, like I, I, I'm. it's it's almost like as a writer, it's uncomfortable for me to attack this issue without putting all this, like, dick and fart jokes on it. It's like a way of almost, I wonder if it's a way for these writers like Palahniuk, uh like uh, Ennis and uh, Ellis and you know Tarantino I wonder if this is you know how sometimes at a funerals and stuff like that we make you jokes laugh. because yeah. you're yeah. uncomfortable I wonder as a writer like talking about these cuz they do talk about really important deep things yeah. through these through these dick and fart jokes but I wonder if it's a way of kind of separating themselves enough so that they can write about these issues
1: Right cuz you get I mean it's the gratuity, uh it's gratuitous violence it's gratuitous like language and it, it's it's all those things and are those a reason are are those how you? So it's one of two ideas, right? It's either how you separate yourself and kind of make writing about this tough thing mm-hmm. possible, or it's how you
0: are able to to feed it to people who wouldn't normally want it. Right. I mean, think about it. Right? I mean, there's so many. Now we talk about that. There's so many writers that came out of that mid '90s period. I mean, even think about Eminem. Like, right. all this stuff is, like, political or society-based, but it's all like, yeah, I killed my mom with a chainsaw, vroom, 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 then shove the dildo up her poop hole, you know, like, all that stuff like that. And you're right, like, right. but but people are like, oh, no, what he's talking about? He's talking about this, the current state of, of the family unit and how the nuclear family is no more, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right? And you're right,
1: it's very much this, it is a very 90s thing, right? Like, when we went and we read... You read Watchmen and uh Batman like uh Batman or Dark Knight returns they're very 80s. Yeah. Right? It's this it's, without
0: the jokes almost,
1: you know? Right. It's just bleak and this is like and then you go to stuff like Preacher and Transmetropolitan and Tarantino and Palinuk you know, Fight Club. Palinuk Fight Club, it's it's the same thing but you add the the humor to it. Right. Right. The, or the, like, the everything's just, just a little more. We're going to turn everything up. Right. Everything's ultra. And, I,
0: and I think the, the the attraction is there, going back to that Western thing, it, you know, in a Western, it, uh, uh, a stranger walks into a town and faces the politics of that town. In Palahniuk, uh in Eminem, in, in these, you know, Ellis, a man walks into society. In this case, walks down from mountain society. Instead of a town, it's like where he's we're using society as a town and it's like dealing with these little kind of vignettes as we go through uh, there, uh, which is, really neat um so when are you writing your what are
1: you writing your book about uh
0: 90s 90s uh tour culture dude, and i'm afraid if i sat down and try to write like a comic or a book it would be it would be dick and fart jokes because I, I mean it's so no, like- like, when are you going to write your novel about all these guys how they come out of this period and how it's you <laughs> I mean, know that's you're write- like like a slackers mics and dykes uh type of um that book that came out that tried to describe uh indie filmmaking in the early 90s like, yeah. talk about this, like, uh, drunks, I don't know, I'll think of a better title. But I'll tell you one thing that I do like before we talk about the art. Yeah. Is my, one of my favorite parts of reading this book is the parts where you see Spider's article that he's writing. Uh, and you see his prose, his finished yeah. prose. I really like those. I usually comment towards the end of, uh, of the issues. Like, I'm yeah. on one right now that says, I'm sorry, is that too harsh an observation for you? Does that sound too much like the truth? Right. I wouldn't be looking down at a dead body, thirteen, if he was a day, draped over the hood of a police wagon. No one's eyes will be bleeding from incapacity sprays, the nerve uh bomblets, the cops are launching down cranberry. I wouldn't be surrounded up here by the people who have to live up here and work you know, he goes on and on. Yeah, I yeah. love I like those parts, you know, those are really kind of neat, like that saccharin, like oh, you know like journalist uh opinion piece like that kind yeah. of stuff that you study the rhetoric in and at school and stuff like that so i i think that's i think that must have been fun for him to write like these uh journalism pieces that he's putting in here right you know this whole idea of like it's it's
1: very much it's all of these guys pointing a finger at society however they can right like when you look at this and all the other stuff we've kind of talked about um, and hinted at all these other artists. And it's a very, look, it's a very white male way to look at it. Right. Yeah. All what, what all those guys have in common. Right. It's this very like disaffected
0: white male way to look at it. Right. Oftentimes middle-class who have have, have by choice, Taken themselves out of middle class to work, and then through working, have risen above middle class in the amount of money they get paid. <laughs> right, and, and it's it's really it's 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 just interesting. Sort of,
1: it it's making me appreciate it as we and, and this always happens whenever yeah, yeah, we yeah. do this. Now, right? And always makes me appreciate it a little more as we look at it uh, and as we talk about it. Um, so let let's get to the art. What did you think of uh, of of Derek Robertson's art in here? Um, and I I always so you know we read a lot of books and whenever DC just hates glossy pages right it's yeah. can we just DC just wants to pump these bad boys out on newsprint uh, and I'm okay with that because it feels I like read the mine on page. iPad yeah, yeah I read and it's mines mine's on newsprint it's that very you know sort of say it's that how DC does yeah. it right I've been I finally finished the nine volumes of uh of the dark, uh, of the um, Nightfall saga, right? Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, Made it through all of them, and it's all new. You, uh, you, right? you got a bunch
0: of uh, paper cuts now on your hands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, but, you, you can get this in an omnibus version. So there is, like, if you want to pay like ten billion times more <laughs> for this, these books, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple of large. I think it probably
1: is two books in each one, just yeah. like how Preacher was doing that, right? Like instead of getting twelve volumes, you can just get six of them. Yeah, you're still, you're still paying the same price. Oh, they but... have the, I'm
0: talking about the big hardcover. Oh, they have a they giant have, hardcover? A giant one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I haven't, seen I haven't showed one. you my Preacher. I'll show you my Preacher one sometime. Okay. Uh, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> the art on it, I mean, it's very much of this era too, right? Like I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's amazing how many details are in some of it though, right? Like all of the little things that are in it, it reminded me a lot of, uh tank girl tank girl girl, but it also gives it's that sort of style it's very vertigo looking right there's no way around it it looks it looks it's got that same kind of feeling of why the last man a little bit right Mm -hmm. um it's got that feeling of summer preacher a little bit vertigo house style right it's it's this thing that comes out of that time
0: and that's not to say that they're not good art it's good art um i would say that it's very dated it's very of the time, I should say. I yeah, guess, no, it, I don't like to it, think comic art is dated because it, it exists in an art form, you know. Right, I, you know, it's it's
1: good. Uh, the coloring was good. It's flat. That's the kind of coloring I appreciate a lot. A lot of it reminded me of uh, what's the? Um, oh crap! Not. Um, there's a couple things now I can't think like Crumb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of some of the some
0: not not at all of it but just certain panels the, would the more our cartoonish versions of it where it's like vomit and stuff i'm like they'll have like it's a little grainier yeah and then there would be pictures there's like a close-up of somebody's face and then that it sometimes it was
1: very much like you know it, it reminded me of other things but it was
0: good i you know it's it's gross when it needs to be gross and it's it's it does what it. I mean, it. it I got a question for you. And this, yeah. I was thinking about. I was thinking about how to talk on art on this. Because yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, there's not a lot to say about it. You said everything. The details are great and all that. Uh, but could this? Could you? Could you do metropolitan in just about any art style and it not affect the story? I think because. And I don't mean this to. I don't mean this to say any way, but I don't
1: think that the art is what elevates the story gives the story what it needs to give yeah. it. Right. And, and I'm, and I might be saying that as someone who's removed from it, someone who read this at the time and read all those issues could very much be like, no, no one else could do this. Right. Um, I was listening to another podcast and, and someone sent them in a question and it was a, you know, a comic book podcast. And someone said in the question, like, should we ever redo comic books, but with a different artist? Like, should we take the same scripts and see what someone can do with it? And I think that that would be an an interesting experiment as a writer to get like four different people to write the same script and see what you get and put them all out. It is It so becomes a director of the script, right? You know? Right. Um, and I think that's interesting. I, I've got two, I've got two books that are just, it's like an experiment on, uh, on comic book art and one's uh, shitty watchman and shitty dark night returns. And so it's a bunch of artists doing their versions of, pages from dark knight returns i've seen the dark knight returns one it's great yeah of dark knight returns and watchmen and it's it's super goofy but i don't when i look at this i think the thing that that works for this is how detailed and over the top it is in some of these places right
0: um but I don't know. I... The details, there's a lot crammed into every panel. I mean, there's a lot of work to to, to draw. There's lots of details as far as the, the text in the society that reveals. I mean, you look at something like this convention panel here. I mean, right. there's so much going on there. It's very, you know, crumb-like uh, in there. But, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when this is, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, I like the art because I'm nostalgic for this kind of art. But right. I'm like, could does could it be any other artist and I would like the story as much and I'm like yeah I kind of do and I go what does that say you know when you look at a a comic a trade as a piece as a whole or a graphic novel it's kind of nice when you can say I can't imagine this book being drawn any other way that means that there was that the the artist tapped into something and really kind of honed in on something special or different or unique about that story and made it so it can't be replicated and you can't disconnect it. I can very much disconnect. This seems like scripts that someone drew out as opposed to more of some, maybe more of a collaborative sense of, of uh, a story. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, you know, there's, like I said, there's a couple covers in here by Jeff Darrow
1: that I think he could have done a bonkers batshit, version of this too because his stuff is so detailed and so gross looking most of the time right. and i think that would have been i think that would have been cool there's a couple times where this might be a little too house for some of it you know but i don't know i i think like when you see art like this and you go like yeah that works it yeah. works. yeah yeah uh, and I'm trying to think if like I would want to see it by anybody else, but I think it works for the story, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't want you don't want the art to overpower the story at times either, right? Like I can think of some artists I really love, but I don't know that I'd want them to do this because yeah. I don't know
0: that it would I don't I don't know that it would go. And maybe this maybe this um settles some of the absurdity down. Like if you had some kind of off the wall art going on here right. with this imagine, story. Imagine the dude who did chew yeah what's his name i can't i can't think it, it would have been completely independent it would have it would have it wouldn't i don't know if it would have had mainstream appeal if if the art was as off the wall and off colored as the the text itself
1: right like if rob rob Guillory is the guy who did who did chew and his stuff it's fair but it kind of reminds me of like he's got all these jokes hidden in the background but his art is just it's tweaked just a little more indie right and so or jeff lemire drew <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't work. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think, but I think you know what? Now that I say that, I, I, I'm like, you know, that might be good. But we think. Remember, we we read, we read the Flintstones, and that mm-hmm. art was perfect for it because yes. it fit. It didn't overpower the satire,
0: right? Right. And I think that's what this does really Super well: glossy it, and everything. It's yeah. formal
1: enough that it doesn't, that it lets the satire be the, be the thing that stings you instead of the art doing it right? I mean we read and I think that's true for all those when, when we read Prez and the Flintstones and you know the, those are both very satirical books that poke fun at the world um but the art doesn't poke fun at the world. You know what I mean? And I, I think I it it doesn't it doesn't funhouse mirror it. And I think right. that, that that's why this that's why this art works is it the world is funhouse mirror enough. You don't want the art to also
0: make it seem less true i like that i like that the way you said that the funhouse mirror i think that's a very apt description of what we we're talking about. that's a perfect way to describe it uh yeah the the the, the, the yeah the text is already turning this world on its side it's already this funhouse mirror image so let's try to ground it a little bit with the art right and, and you know it's, it's
1: cartooning enough when it needs to be cartooning right because i mean there's a two-faced cat
0: uh you know so. that's the, one of the least there's like half-faced aliens which are very right. like 90s alien workshop so. aliens <laughs> That would be the if, if the one thing
1: that I didn't like was that, but I get it because you're, you go like, what's the atypical idea of an alien, right? So you play on that sort of like, why would anybody want to look like this,
0: right? It's right. not like a fun alien. It's well, this not is something... like X file days and and like yeah. the alien autop- autopsy that Fox broadcasts yeah. in like the late nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it all works. I mean, it's very nineties. Um, let me ask you a question about the art yeah. here. Let's talk about what is probably most iconic about this book is Spider Jerusalem's style, his character yeah. design. Um what did you think about it? Because I'm sure you've seen it a million times at conventions yeah, and book shows yeah, and stuff. You've seen a bunch of you've seen a bunch of places.
1: I mean the glasses are very like it's this cyber, you know, like how do I draw my cyberpunk guy? Give him weird glasses, right? Yeah. Shave his head, give him weird glasses. Tattoos. I think the, the tattoos are Again, it's so very nineties. Yeah, like cross on the knee, the spider on the head. It's hard to separate it from how nineties the character design is too, right? It's like, what's the future gonna look like? Oh, it's gonna look like this. It's very true to that sort of like remember uh Blade. Hey, remember the 80s? 80s? Remember (laughs) remember Blade? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's all like everything is like, what did we think the future was gonna look like in the late nineties? It's all the same thing. Like we all thought the future was going to look like this. All, thing.
0: Although I will say that um, like the, of the There was less leather in this than some right. uh, futurists put in their stuff. Right. I it, I do like what
1: he's dressed like Jesus, and he has the Jesus shoes on. I yeah yeah, yeah. this and the,
0: whole, <laughs> so, the whole the whole for like no reason.
1: <laughs> so great.
0: He's got a little halo on top of his head. Yeah. I will say though, I might have liked the book. Uh, better if he just stayed the way he looked at the beginning, like Slash from Guns and Roses, like with uh, the long no, hair. He just looks like Alan Moore. Alan, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just Alan
1: Moore at the beginning of this mm. thing, and uh, I, like Alan Moore comes down the mountain, right? That's yeah. like that. Like he looks like freaking Alan Moore. That's yeah. what he looks like. coming down the mountain. Yes, as Jane's addiction plays. Uh, it, it, but it's it is. And I think this happens sometimes when we read, when we read older books, and it's hard not to, right? When you go back and you read comic books from the '80s, it, it, it especially books that are good, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mean that to, I don't mean that to like malign other books that came out in the '90s, but um, there's a if you're writing it during a period of time and you want to have influence, it, it, it is. It's part of the cultural milieu, right? It's going to look like it came out of there. Yeah. If that makes
0: sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it it well, a I lot know of like art people, is that way, yeah. People uh, say like yeah. oh
1: it should be timeless. I don't think you can ever if it's timeless, I think that sometimes it's very milk-toast. Land.
0: Yeah. Like like a I, like a like a Lion King is a timeless story. But right. you know it does I mean you see it once and you're like I get it like and then you kind of watch it for nostalgia or good feelings but right. if it's going to be if it's going to have any kind of reflection art's supposed to reflect society well not right. supposed doesn't have to so there's lots right. of times of art but I think some of the most powerful uh, art that can do things I don't know what I'm saying Josh I'm trying no, to talk say- about art yeah I, I get you mean, but I, I think I think that's true. Like we go back, and like like you look at all
1: these sort of like key pieces of comic book, and they all very much. And I would say that like there's a big swath of time where you go back and you look at the stuff that's the the early '60s books that you know, Fantastic Four, the Black Panther and stuff like that. They're very much of their time, right? You go back and read that and you can clearly see why we made that book, right? Why it was written that way in that time period. Um, And I think as we make powerful art, it's it's just going to look a certain way. It's gonna look like that time period, it's gonna feel like that time period because that's what a talk, that's what it is. And I think, you know, we just exited this this period of image books where we read a ton of image books. And I think if you go back 20 years from now and read those image books, you're gonna go like, oh, these feel so 2010, right? They like they have this this, sm- this smack of this time period on. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I think that's what this has. It's that same thing that preacher has. That very '90s feel to it, right? Like, right. turn on your Nirvana. You know, mm-hmm. listen. I guess no. Like, listen to some ministry while you do it. That, that, that you're gonna listen. To I like and, I to listen to the Pogs. The, you're gonna you're gonna play pog and you're, <laughs> you're
0: listen to ministry <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and drink a uh, uh, splurge cola. Yeah, a uh, surge surge. surge. But no, like, we can't use that in the comic book. Oh, we have to
1: do sure. the knockoff. Yeah. Um, or like Tool, right? It sounds like it
0: sounds like someone was listening to Tool. But right
1: th- at that time, though, don't lie.
0: No, Tool, I was never a fan. I, in fact, our, my first band broke up because they wanted to play it sound more like Tool, and I say no. Um, we sound like Mr. Yeah. T's Experience, and that is final. Right. But like Tool was big before. Y- like you're like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all around. Pony right, I, I know all the songs on that pony album, White Pony, just because it was played that's so Def much. Tones. That's Death Tones. Tones. See, that's how like interchangeable those yeah. bands are for me.
1: Yeah, well right, but I mean there's so tool and filter, yeah. right? Like let it, tool, swim,
0: filter. let it swim, let it swim,
1: let it swim. Very much what this the soundtrack to this trans metropolitan movie would be. Yeah. Oh, that's my last question for you, Travis. We're making a trans metropolitan film. Okay. Who, Who's your spider Jerusalem?
0: Oh man! Oh Michael Shannon. Michael. Oh really? Yeah. I'm gonna go with Michael Shannon. Just I was It was the first thing that popped in my head, and I'm like, okay, like he's a weird guy. Uh, Do you ever see that 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 Christmas um, movie with like Seth Rogen and um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? It's like the th- like no, the third I, buddies.
1: Letters, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: michael shans and that he plays like this jesus type character cab driver and he's kind of weird and eccentric and i'm like we can amplify that all right all right, right we you got you didn't think i was gonna say a name so quickly so now no, you gotta... i didn't I, now
1: i gotta think of it quicker i think like you gotta have someone british it feels like he'd be it feels like he would have like a, a a solidly british accent yeah, to me I, I don't
0: i don't i don't see this as dated and I, I don't see that as a there's nothing that screams overtly British about this. If anything, but the society seems more like New York than London. Right. Well, I've never been to London, so I couldn't. I couldn't say. But there's. I, I, here, you want to stay away. You know why? There's panic all over the streets of London. On the streets of London, uh, and on the streets. There's of also London. there's also werewolves in London too. I don't know if you know this.
1: Yeah. I did. I did hear that. No. Uh, you know what? Now I asked you that question. And I don't think I can answer it. I That's don't. A, you need a few moments. Here's the thing that came to me, and it's terrible, because I don't know uh what's a okay. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I guess I, you kind of need like a lanky dude too. Like I like his right. like spider-like kind of like he's short and like but somehow he's lanky at the same time. Like I don't yeah. <laughs> understand how that works. Uh who's the I don't know. I'm trying to think,
1: like, who would be good with a shaved head who could just be weird enough? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Yes, you mentioned him earlier. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's short, but he's not,
0: like, he's not built. I mean, he could be if he were, you know. He you sometimes, know, he you is. know who would be good, uh, but he's kind of already done something like this, is the guy who plays Cassidy and Preacher, Joseph Golglin. Uh, okay. He's, he. you know, we got that shaved yeah. look, and he no, does that right. weird kind of absurd kind of like, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah that might be a perfect one yeah. that might
1: do good that would be good but
0: it, but again i would cast that guy in any of the male characters that we've talked about throughout this whole podcast <laughs> yeah no he's he's hunter s thompson let's put yeah. him put him in let's he's burkowski let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right and, my uh before we go to the favorite panels yeah. let me ask you this josh um yeah. You know, you're kind of coming into a talk, I could tell. Like, you know, I was like, "Let's read this because it's classic." Are you glad you read this? I know, I know, it's not something that you're going to read again or you're going to continue reading. But like, are you glad you read this? And, and you know what? You don't. You won't hurt my feelings. This isn't like like no, my holy grails of comics. As an exercise of being a comic book fan, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Like in in being a comic book fan, you kind of I I like to read the touchstones. Right. There's a lot of like superhero comics that I want to go back and read, not because like I think I would enjoy them, but just to kind of get
0: that piece of history. Right. Like Green Arrow and Green Lantern, their road trip. The famous like cross country right. road trip they took, you know,
1: or or like the or just like Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? It's something I never read, right? Um, but I, you know, to me, like it, 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 I'd go like, yeah, I'd go back and read that, we, right? often, like, we often get burned reading those things. We do because there's so much reading in them, way more than you would ever think are in comic books these days. Uh, and I would tell you that's the one thing that stuck out to me too. Is I'm like, damn, there's so much to read in this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we
0: should set a goal for by the time Infinity Gauntlet comes out is to slog through, I don't uh, know. <laughs> I've never, I've never read. To slog through the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. I tried. I tried. I got a couple of issues into it as a trade and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> so much reading. Yeah.
1: Uh, everybody's it's some, always someone's first comic, right? Yeah, uh, I think
0: I think it is one uh, that you have to, and maybe that that's I know we're skipping favorite panels for right now, but maybe that's who I'd recommended to is anyone who just really likes to uh, read these touchstone things, as you said. Like yeah. anyone who considers themselves well rounded in comics and hasn't read this, put it as it's it's part of a well balanced diet
1: right look i never read preacher until you had me read preacher right? right so i feel like i've read that and i will tell you like as i'm farther removed from it i'm like yeah i could read more of that Yeah. like i you know because we read book one which is essentially the first two volumes of it and like i'm like yeah i could go back and read more of that and see where the story goes and you know i might feel that way about this eventually right book two but, is much better book two is yeah. much better yeah Okay, all right. So let's uh, let's do favorite panels, buddy. Let, what's yeah. what's your favorite panel? What's what's your
0: favorite? Um, panel? I kind of have two sections, but I'll just give it's one the, right the, now. let see so if the, we have time. When the cat pisses on the <laughs> you no, know, it's at, it's early on in the first couple of pages uh, on the uh, Kindle. It's like page ten. Oh the, oh, actually, this has a page number at the bottom of that. Your pages there, huh? Yeah. Uh, page ten. There's like bottom four panels, and it's when he's leaving the mountain. And he's in his cab. I love the there's mountains in the background. Uh, he says, the only human contact I've had for five years outside the odd local paramilitary vendetta. What a great bar. And then, like, he, he pauses without uh, <laughs> dialogue. Yeah. And then he pulls out this, you know, rocket launcher says, eat me on. He goes, I hate, uh, I hate it and everybody in it. And then he drives away with the bar exploding. He says, if I'm miserable, then everybody's miserable. I think it's a great exposition for that character. It sets you up for like, oh, this is the kind of ride I'm in for with this guy.
1: Right. And it is very much like it's so over the top. Right. (laughs) Like right there. Right there. It's so tank girl right there. If I could say any. So this reminds me of the HBO method of TV right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the comic book in the comic books in the 90s on vertigo or essentially what hbo television is right now yeah like my first episode of hbo to te- like any ep- hbo show i'm gonna go to 10 and I- it's gonna be ridiculous i'm gonna do something that you wouldn't see anywhere else and
0: that's just ha- and that's just how we're gonna yeah like a uh, deadwood and and uh right. you know and then
1: i stuff. go like oh that's because all those writers read all read all this stuff in the 90s yeah. right like <laughs> Um, so I, I would say my favorite panel. You already talked about it, but I'm going to say uh, the one where he's binging on television, and it's a set of panels where he's like <clears throat> sinking into the chair, and it's the very last channel. Um, when uh, his head pops back up, so it's it's the page isn't numbered. Uh, it's going to be page 109. Um, it you know like if it were numbered in the volume Um, and it's just, it's just him sliding down the chairs and then essentially like uh, the, the doorbell rings. It's like, this is your door speaking. You have a caller and he he pops his head up, right? (laughs) Like he's just so destroyed by television. Uh, And then he, he pops his head up. Um, and it's just the, the thing before that, that's why I think I like this stuff. Cause it's like, uh, tracheotomy friends at six on AM feed, right? Like, um, all these little pieces of stuff, like click. Okay. Ladies grab the razor wire by the handles. Great. Now let's kill some dogs and start cooking. Right. It's like, uh, it's yeah. so it's as over the top as you can be. Yeah. Right. I, I thought that whole scene was kind of funny. As oh, that's a good scene. You're, you're surfing through the channels and it's the ridiculousness of what's on television at this time. So I like that last panel when his head pops up though. It's very cartoony. It's like, <laughs> mm? right. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I think that was one. Of, I mean, there's a bunch of like, there's a bunch of little things in here that are good. Little they're, they're gags or there's something kind of, there's one panel where he gets the. It's like right after he gets the shit kicked out of him. And it's probably like the most detailed face panel, but it's his face all beat to shit, and it's it's weird. Like that's the most detailed picture of uh, of Spider Jerusalem is the one where you can't really see his face anymore, you know. Uh,
0: but I, I'll leave with this: if you uh, you know, I watched a uh, in preparation for this, I watched an hour and twenty minute documentary on Warren Ellis. Called oh. captured, called captured ghosts. It's it's a it's kind of like a low budget documentary, but it's got like ha- Helen Mirren talking about um. It's got Garth Ennis. It's got who's the guy who does sex criminals? Like all these all these yeah. Um uh, uh what's the name? Fraction? I know Chuck or something yeah Matt like. Fraction. Um and uh yeah. So it's got all these people in the industry and talking and, and Ellis is there a lot. And one of the things you find out about Ellis, he's a weird guy. Also, he's got a big ego. You know, like he's like. Yeah. Uh, but like, it, it's interesting to, it, it, it dovetails a lot into what we were talking about, about the type of guy who creates a story like this. Uh, and, yeah. and like you see it and you're like, oh yeah, that's Berkowski. That's, you know, Garth Ennis. That's, uh, you know, Chuck Palahniuk. It's all these people. Uh, yeah. this, these, these self-appointed lo- loners who are writing these kind of masculine, esque like justifying beta males justifying their in masculinity.
1: <laughs> that, dude, you just nailed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beta males, you know, justifying their masculinity. Through, I like it. Through beta male mediums.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. So um like you said, I you know, I think I agree with you. I would I would suggest this to someone who wants to taste the history right who's interested in seeing the touch points and mm-hmm. in, in, in comic books so i would definitely check this out um so travis rats you know that everybody can find our show mm-hmm. on any place you can find your podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh apple Podcasts, on stitcher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you can find us on i think at google you should be able to i don't remember it. i think
0: yeah you can google it, yeah. can
1: google it. uh then you can go to the website, www.comicexposure.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to go a different way to look through all of our episodes and kind of see what they're about, read a little blurb about and that may, may be a little easier to help you figure out what you want to do. Uh, you can find us on Instagram – or not Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Well, I think we're on Instagram, but we don't ever use it. So you can find us on uh, facebook.com slash exposure. Find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Uh we're at comic Exposure. Uh you can find us there. Um and uh you can check out all of our old episodes. And so here's what Travis and I got coming up. We've we've kind of set the next couple books we're going to read. This yeah. is, this hasn't this hap- hasn't happened in a while. And you track. know what? God we're damn it we're sticking with it Josh. We're going to stick No, with we it. are. Yeah. We are. So here here's the books we've got coming up. So we just did re- we just did Transmetropolitan. Uh then we're going to do a I I'm we're doing a weird thing for us. Something we've never done before. We are reading a French graphic novel uh petite. well i guess uh, persepolis would be technically be a french yeah movie. yeah, yeah so, but it doesn't it doesn't feel as french as this does have you, <laughs> have
0: you seen it yet have you no I'm, I'm gonna do it on uh ipad okay so iPad.
1: we're gonna we're gonna read petite which is a french graphic novel about uh giants and a, a family of giants I'm um in. i'm in then we're gonna read animosity mm-hmm. uh which is what comic but what what company is that oh out?
0: that is uh it's a new one uh i wrote to you i'm like we haven't done this before so if i get yeah. into my text that i sent you so it says it. We oh, oh it's uh, it. uh next episode aftershock should... so aftershock, it's on yeah.
1: aftershock comics so we're, we're gonna read animosity volume one on aftershock comics the animals talk Right don't all the animals become sentient or something like that we're yeah. going to We're doing that one I'm guessing they become mad if it's called animosity I would, I would guess so. Uh, and then we're going to read, uh, we did our last episode. We did something interesting and we talked about TKO comics and we kind of went into, uh, we read number one issues for a bunch of books that TKO put out. And the last book on our list is we're going to read Sarah, which is the book we thought was the best out of those, or maybe not the best. Well, yeah, we thought it was the best, but it's also one that, you know, that we wanted to read more of. Uh, so we're going to read that one. Uh, that'll be, that's the last book on the list in between those. You might get some, uh, you might get some of our variant issues or maybe we'll just read some comic books i don't know we're, yeah.
0: we're kind of you know we're just kind of doing this but those are the yeah. books we've that we've got on our agenda and on that are last we... one too we're going to talk about um that that one should come out probably just before the second line of books for tko so we'll, we'll preview we'll look at what the synopsis are and and the artists and writers and, which and we'll talk about read. which one we want to read there's a Jeff Lemire one, and you know that's going to
1: be oh, I know. It's, it's gonna be my book. It doesn't even matter. I'm going to be like, oh, <laughs> Jeff Lemire, I'm read it. Uh, but, but I've been re- – so, so that's what you've got, guys. And I think what we might do, Travis, I think our next – I think our next episode – I'm just going to – I'm going to pitch it right now on the show. I think our very issue should be what have you been reading? Because I know that you've been reading comic books. Hmm. You went to Europe, you read a stack of them yeah. that's not just trans-metropolitan in animosity. I yeah. hope you read more than two books.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, technically, I, I did have to stack one of those books on top of the other book. That's a stack, brother. It it's is a stack. It is a stack. Uh,
1: but I kind of want to talk about what you're reading. Because I've been reading, a,
0: I've, I've been,
1: the one thing I've been reading a lot of is comic books. Uh, but a lot of weird, random stuff, I think, is is kind of what my, my collection is. Weird, random stuff. Random random Some and wacky weird random wacky stuff wacky it's just wacky stuff ah, ah, ah yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we've been that's i think that's i think that's our next variant issue is like what do you what else you've been reading yeah uh, i got a couple like i've been listening to a lot of books too so i think we should whatever media let's do like a media consumption episode okay. what do you yeah what yeah, you yeah. Been yeah.
0: What do you, yeah let's do that man if we if we if we maybe we get out next week we can even do talk about the uh, like the the best pictures like the things that we want to win awards does anybody? I I, I love the Oscars. You. I do. I'm sorry. I, I'm an I'm unapologetically an Oscars fan. Well, You're a film guy. Yeah, but I people a lot of film people are like, ooh, it's just the, those awards. You know, I love the celebration of it. I love the pageantry. I don't watch, I don't watch films. I only watch like the popcorn movies <laughs> that
1: are at the theater. I don't. I'm not a film person. Uh, although I did watch that Fry Fest documentary. Did you watch that? Yeah. Thing? Or Fire Fest. Yeah. Like, fire Fest. fire, yeah, fire yeah, Fest. Yeah. 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 You know did what? You watch, did James, you watch the uh, uh, Ja Rule is as big a tool as I thought he would be. <laughs> did you watch the one on Hulu or the one on Netflix? The one on Netflix. That's the one we
0: watched. We watched yeah, the yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah. Fire Festival. Uh, wacky shit. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Like the, the shit they get away with. Yeah. Like so I ladies- got, my hands got sweaty just thinking about this guy's life falling into complete collapse. I was like, oh my All god, right. this sucks. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you shouldn't have been a dick, but <laughs> as, like. So, anyways, guys, uh, tune into the podcast as we go and do this stuff. Thanks for tuning in. We love it. Uh, If you can go on the old, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a lovely rating. Uh, Tell your friends about the show, tweet it out, talk about it. uh, Let your friends know that you listen to the podcast. And you know what, Travis? We'll see all of these people next trade.